Growing Up Transgender in Australia, her new book Girl Transcending, and creating an online character shield. We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club. This is our monthly interview with a person we find interesting and that we think you will too. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people are the traditional custodians of the land upon which we live, work and record this podcast. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This month's episode of Culture Club Chats is sponsored by sex and intimacy brand Rosewell. Founded by an all-female Australian team, Rosewell is revolutionising the sex toy space. Created with medical-grade silicon while also being super soft and quiet, Rosewell's bend and dip toys are the perfect addition to the modern intimacy toolkit. We've been big fans of Rosewell since they launched last year, and I don't know about you, Mags, but I honestly recommend them to anyone in the market for a new sex toy. No, same. I do too. They're one of my faves and they've also created intimacy cards to get the conversation flowing on date night because there's no room for small talk here. Thanks, Rosewell, for sponsoring this episode of Culture Club Chats. You can find their website in our show notes and make sure to follow them on Instagram at byrosewell. Okay, let's get into it. Today, we welcome TikTok creator, model, influencer, and transgender icon, AJ Clementine. Based in Nam, Melbourne, AJ is a textbook Pisces who is creating an inclusive corner of the internet. From her days on Tumblr to having 1.5 million followers on TikTok, AJ is known for sharing her experience of transitioning, being half Filipino, and her colourful princess aesthetic. Before we fully start, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that I don't know if you remember me, But just before COVID hit in like January 2020, I was working at this cafe in CBD Melbourne and you and a friend walked in and I had just gone on TikTok like over that bushfire summer and had started following you and seeing all your content and you walked in with a friend and I was like, are you AJ? Like, I think I follow you on TikTok and you were like so lovely and so (laughs) kind and, you know, that was like... 2020 so oh my god yeah don't know if you remember that moment but (laughs) we have briefly met before I love that what cafe was it sensory lab in the city in David Jones yes no I do I do remember that yeah Yeah. (laughs) I was like standing behind the counter like oh my god is that AJ yeah and we're walking through David Jones yeah I was heading to um sports girl to check out like the um the campaign pictures Mm. that day in stores (laughs) yeah how funny now here we are I'm not a waitress anymore and I love that you've like shot to start so (laughs) that was like actually one of the first encounters in person where someone noticed me I well yeah like you one of the first like a bit shocked <laughs> yeah I was kind of like ah. I was yeah it was so like those that interaction was one of like maybe like the third or fourth so every single time it happened I was always so like oh I was always so jolted back because I was always it made me realize that the internet world was crossing over into the real world and it was a bit like oh what is happening <laughs> yeah because I remember you were like as your friend you and your friend walked away you were like laughing and I was like oh yeah. maybe I don't know should I have said that but ah. that's nice to know that it was just because you were like what the heck yeah yeah <laughs> getting yeah, recognized was, yeah celebrity it was, status. it was literally just so strange and now it's like amplified so I'm like oh 
Yeah. <laughs> well, does it happen now? Do you get recognized and approached on the street? Yeah, like um, now I'm kind of like, especially if it depends on how I'm feeling, if I'm especially with just like Melbourne and like the face mask and stuff like that. Mm. Sometimes I try and like avoid big groups of girls just because like, you know, I want to some like I want to interact. I want to meet them. But um, just the crazy hustle and bustle of the whole situation. And like sometimes they don't have a filter and they'll just be like, let's take a picture, take your mask off so people know who you are. And it's like, oh, I don't. The thing is, the only thing when I think about that is like, when people see the picture and I took my mask off, people are like, mm. oh, she took her mask off just for the photo. And it's like, uh, no, they told me to take my mask off. And I don't want to be the bitch to be like, oh, like, I can't take my mask off. Because, like, yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. But, I, I mean, I'm much better than at the beginning of 2020 because, like, yeah, like I said, it was just so different and new. It was kind of, like, navigating that interactions. Um, but now it's just kind of, like, I know the cues. I know when people have noticed and when to, like, say hi to them or just wave for them from afar or just like do those little social interactions um yeah and then just know when to like remove myself from certain um moments as well where it's a bit too much going on Mm -hmm. um especially like when it comes to like the drunk group of girls as well like sometimes around Melbourne they're always so (laughs) hilarious I love them so much but like they're always like so like (laughs) excited yeah always so excited and like screaming and like getting everyone around involved which is just like yeah there's like always so intense (laughs) you look around and you see like the strangers are like who is she like what is happening (laughs) and it must be strange as well because like I guess a lot of your um like internet fame has come during covid right like so it's mm. kind of must be a bit weird to be like this huge star on the internet but then like we're barely going outside like yeah in our normal lives our whole yeah. world is kind of like on this internet and then you go out and you're like oh yeah like people perceive me <laughs> yeah exactly because like when i met you and david jones um we went into lockdown and then when we came out of lockdown it was like my like following doubled. So then I was kind of getting the interactions and then we went back into lockdown (laughs) and then coming out of lockdown the next time, it was like, I just had to be mentally prepared because it was just, you know, every single person would be skeptical and be like, wait, do I know her? Or they'll just be like, they won't know who I am, but they'll know they've seen me before. And they'll just be like, TikTok, Instagram. (laughs) I know you from somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Familiar face. Yeah. (laughs) And I do know that most of our listeners will know who you are, but just in case they don't, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and actually how do you explain what you do to someone you've just met as well? I mean, I introduced myself as AJ Clementine. I'm a digital creator, model, and now a writer. And I guess I mostly focus my creating and just content in general around visibility and creating my story in a way that appeals to the audience that I've grown and just like kind of trying trying to be artsy with it but it's always with the core is about my journey being a trans woman and my transition and then also just being a part of the LGBTQI plus community and also just about how I've navigated my life with that and also being half Asian and my Filipino identity and that culture and just literally telling that story. (laughs) What's it like being a full-time TikTok 
is you, are you a full-time TikTok creator? Like, is that your main thing? Um, yeah, I'd say that combined all of it, I guess I'd say that's all full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now in lockdown, when we're out of lockdown, then, you know, I'm jumping from shoot to shoot mm-hmm. when it comes to modeling. But um, yeah, I'd say it, it's balanced. Like I do spend, it's hard to know how much time I'm spending on each platform but personally like I'm scrolling hours on TikTok so I do like I tell my I tell Ryan my boyfriend that like that's part of me working like just scrolling (laughs) he tells me I'm doing too much I'm like no 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 I'm not doing too much I'm actually working I'm looking for inspo it's research yeah (laughs) um so yeah I guess it's all of it to, together combined, it's like full time, but with more hours, I'd say like yeah. it's beyond the full time status because um, it doesn't stop. It never stops. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious as well. What is your for you page like? My for you page is, I guess it's a bunch of just random crazy stuff that's like mixed with the humor that I want to see. Like a lot of those random Gen Z kind of humorous videos um, a lot of the creators that I follow as well. And then I guess a lot of LGBT like related content too. Um, and yeah, I guess that's basically it. Like my for you page literally like knows which content I'm interacting with, with this, which is lots of like, you know, like trans creators. Cause I engage a lot with other um, trans creators. So it's giving me new trans people to follow, um, which I love. And um, lots of Asian people too. It gives me lots of, you know, not just Filipino people, but lots of different Asian cultures um, because, you know, I think it's going off by the hashtags I use and being mixed and Asian and all those kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it gives me a lot of flavor. It keeps me, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me fed, which I love. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and your as you said before, you share a lot about your identity online and you're super open around your journey of transitioning. Um, what do you hope to achieve by sharing your experience? I definitely just hope to, you know, provide a positive representation and visibility for like not only the trans community, but just like, you know, anyone that resonates with my story and like who I am as a person. And I feel like those kind of moments is just like what you know I live for. And I feel like that was like my purpose because like whether it's one person saying that, you know, seeing my face in a campaign, for example, and um, whether it's, you know, a trans person being like, it's nice to see someone who represents me in the media or it's, you know, a Filipino person being like, your features um, it's so cool to see someone else with my mm. features in media and, you know, owning them and talking about it and saying that, like, it's because of, you know, my being mixed and all that kind of stuff like that, because it's just all of that together combined creates that narrative that is, was erased because both sides in mainstream media, like, that was erased. Like, when it comes to, like, trans people, like, just fully being erased from their actual lived experiences and then Filipino people taking on different cultural identities when it comes to um, certain characters and represented in media as well, just fully eliminated and not having a Filipino identity, which is what, you know, like as this generation we grew up with and it's kind of changing, but there's still so much more work to be done. Yeah, so true. I think that's 
really accurate and especially with social media like TikTok nowadays, we're kind of creating our own media or we are seeing ourselves represented because there are people like us kind of stepping up, definitely people like you. Um, And also to add on to that, correct us if you're wrong, but some of your audience also does seem younger than you as well. So what is it like creating content potentially for like teens when you're in your mid twenties? And I guess it's really, it's, and it's a sense of healing my past self in a weird way, because I feel like I just moved on from it and blocked it out and just went along with my twenties without actually acknowledging a lot of the things that happened in my life. And I guess the book really helped with that too. But I guess when I just kind of threw myself into like the traditional nine to five and went to an office job and did that for, you know, a three to four years, I kind of lost the essence of actually, you know, the, the art of creating and actually telling my story and just leaving that behind and just doing that whole, you know, it's in the past, let's move on and, you know, just move into the future. But I guess as I, you know, found TikTok and started to tell that story in a TikTok way, it, it resonated with Gen Z, like the younger Gen Z. And I know, I just feel like it just, you know, it kind of brought a part of me out that like I kind of eliminated and recreating that and just emulating that kind of youthfulness and retelling those stories. I guess it just kind of, you know, when you think of lots of artists, they all kind of do that. We all reminisced those kind of moments that defined or changed we those pivotal moments in our life. And to me, it's just, I kind of see it as like, it's just youth and understanding that we grow and we change as people, but also we're all still like that young person at heart. Like no matter what age we are, like it's about keeping that, that sense of childlike essence and that we kind of lose. And we kind of think that we have to live without when we get to our adult like lives. And I feel like that's really a part of like where my aesthetic comes from is just being okay with just letting, you know, those kind of moments come out again. Yeah, that's what I love about your content, like all of the kind of princessy stuff and like glitter and beautiful colors and stuff. I think you're right in that. It's like playing with an inner child or something, even though, yeah, like you say, we are getting like in our mid-20s now. So going back to what you were saying about your school years, that's such a formative time. And we read that in grade two, you had a teacher tell your group of girlfriends to distance themselves from you. But then you also had an English teacher share an article with you about gender confirmation surgery. Do you feel comfortable sharing what those years of your life were like with our listeners? Yeah, I um, I mean, the first part of the story like happened in like, primary school so much younger and then the next moment was around when I was 15 16 so it was a big jump in terms of how I felt about myself and my identity at the time but I guess the the my younger self and having to understand that like you know the things I was deciding for myself and the things I was preferring over what was outlined to who I was and who was I was supposed to be in terms of society was changing and was morphing and people were trying to interfere interfere with that and I guess that teacher 
really like kind of cemented that for me, kind of made me realize that what am I doing? Like, that's wrong. Like, why can't I have, you know, a group of friends that are just girls? Like, why am I having to change who I am and do all those kind of things? And, um, and when my friends told me that that's what a teacher said, I was just kind of like, oh, that's a bit scary. <laughs> like, that's strange that like a, an adult has said that because mm. here I was as a child thinking an adult said that, but yet my mom told me it's okay. So why is this, you know, why is this other adult who's a grown person saying that it isn't? So um, I kind of just like didn't really react in that moment. I didn't say anything to my friends. I just kind of let them know that I was just, oh, like not bothered by it. I was just like, oh, that's a bit like strange. And then I remember telling my mom about it and she was just like, you know, like she saw that I was really hurt by it. And she just explained that, you know, it's it's going to be difficult living in this world where there's people that don't understand what you're doing. And just, you know, just know that like, it will make more sense when you get older. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I kind of, you know, had hope with that. I kind of held on to that and, you know, bringing that into, into my teen years and having that switch from the teacher also stepping in past the boundary of what the other teacher did as well, interfering and giving me that, news article about Kim Petras and how she got gender confirmation surgery was a whole nother pivot in the sense of like it, they overstepped that boundary but it was something that I needed to see something that I needed to know because you know I was struggling so much at that time it was just like I felt like everything was against me and having that source of info just was a beacon of hope it was literally the light at the end of the tunnel so I like held on to that. I just knew that that could be something I could have one day. Like I'm not in Germany. I can't get it tomorrow, but I know that there could be a possibility of me getting that done. Yeah. I think that shows the importance of teachers and role models, which now mm-hmm. you're a role model to younger people. So does it make so much sense why you make the content that you make? We also want to ask, you were talking before about basically having fangirls drunk screaming your name and everything <laughs> down the road in Melbourne. So how do you draw the line between boundaries and sharing your life online? And has your relationship around content changed as your account has grown and continues to grow? Yeah, I definitely think that the ways I create content have like shifted and I have had a lot of moments where I've started to like pull the plug on what I've shared and who I'm trying to convey in the terms of the persona or the person I am online and and I guess it is all like wrapped up and nicely tied up with a bow with this whole princess aesthetic and I kind of use that as the a character that I'm portraying online and it's still me but it's just like an amplified version of myself so I can hide behind that and I guess when it comes to meeting people in person I kind of tap into that energy because to me I could never really do those kind of things before because I'm such an introverted awkward like my own time I don't really like being around people at all um and I kind of you know tap into that energy and just think that you know I can be this 
person that people want me to be for brief moments of time, but that's not me 24 seven. And, you know, being vocal and speaking about my story is something that I can convey with, you know, words or with little words and I can do it in all different kinds of ways, but I'm not that person that would, you know, just have everyone's attention in a, in a big room or, you know, want to have the, those like big extroverted extravagant moments. So I guess, yeah, I kind of hide behind that like princess aesthetic, like shield um, and protect my inner self while projecting that person and letting that person answer the questions, interact with people, you know, be more um, there and present. I think that's such a smart way to tackle having an online presence. And I think protecting yourself in that way is such a mature thing to do. Do you ever feel, I don't know, do you ever feel like you want to kind of break away from that and be potentially your like awkward introverted self online? Or is that kind of blurring the lines too much? I guess like with my content, I do kind of cross the two together and I I do show that I have those parts of me and it kind of surprises people because people will always be like wait like I thought you were extroverted like I thought you were this I thought you had look like you just give so much confidence it just seems like you you know are the person that wants everyone to look at them in like in the room and I guess it's it's one of those things that I still protect that part of myself and that's why I do it so it kind of weighs out the sense of am I not showing my full self because I need that in order to protect myself when it comes to my mental health and how I am behind, you know, closed doors and off the internet. And, um, and that's like really important to me. So yeah, I guess I do have those thoughts sometimes. And I, I still kind of keep that part of the narrative, which is like why people also, you know, like there's still people that will see through the cracks and like, will always understand that like, it's, you know, it's always who I am online and there's still moments that like they still see the, you know, the vulnerability and all that kind of stuff as well, which I still show fully. So I guess it's just, yeah, it's just about adding that to the narrative and mm. and making sure that's still something that I want to share and that is still something that I um, want a part of me when it comes to online because everything is curated and edited and filtered down it's just my version is you know kind of trying to pull back on the sense of showing everyone that like everything is fake but then also you know portraying just a different like a more confident version of myself Mm. and I think like you don't have an alter ego but yeah having that character that you can tap into doesn't mean you're any more fake it reminds me a little bit of like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce like you don't think Sasha Fierce is fake you think like it's just like this yeah a bit more confident version of Beyonce if that's even possible but um yeah that's so so interesting and I want to we wanted to talk to you about your new book which is so exciting. Um, It's called Girl Transcending, Becoming the Woman I Was Born to Be. Can you tell our listeners what the book is about, who it's for, and what made you want to put it out into the world and how's it all going? Yeah. Um, At its core, I guess the book is definitely just about transitional moments in all of our lives. But obviously it's about my own personal transition, not just from being trans, but also from 
child to teen to adulthood and just navigating that life. And I guess it's literally just a story about how we're all on our own paths and we all go about life differently and just, I guess, looking through a different window on how I've showed my story and having a deeper dive into it and just understanding those, like just understanding the different moments in a different light because it's a longer form way of seeing that story and actually physically knowing what actually happened instead of just a 15 second TikTok. So um, there's lots of moments that are in the book that really did shape me. And that's what I I want people to take away from. It's like learn from the moments that I faced and kind of apply it into your own actions and your own self of who you are. And if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. It's just a story about, you know, navigating life and just being able to see a little bit more compassion and empathy for a trans person. It's also a resource. I guess it would be something that's going to help a lot of um, parents or teachers to understand. So there wouldn't be that teacher, you know, treating me the way that I did when I was younger. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I'm really proud of. It's literally my, like, it's literally my life in my hands mm. in, in, um, a book form. So I'm just, you know, I'm just so excited for it to finally be in stores, which is going to be in stores from November onwards. Um, but you can pre-order it now. So yeah. <laughs> We've got an advanced copy already. <laughs> yeah. I've already finished reading it. So everybody yeah. should definitely go pre-order it. Um, I love this line that you have in your book, which is trans people don't exist to entertain people's curiosity. And you seem to reply to a number of rude or invasive questions online in like quite humorous ways. But how do you deal with that onslaught every day? And why do you think people feel so entitled to trans people's bodies? I, you know, I feel like it's definitely just at fault. And that's like real reasoning of why people are so curious is just literally the mainstream media and how they're portrayed trans people like, you know, just you go back a bunch of years ago and the only information you could really get was from, you know, porn or the sex industry. And that's all people really knew. So now going into current times, it still feels like people are entitled to those invasive questions because of how exploited trans people were in the past. And no one has a filter when it comes to that. It's like they separate trans people to be on a different box to just be like, you know, they can ask anything or they're not even on the same level as like, a, you know, as a cis person, they'll treat them as a different being in a whole other, um, you know, situation, which is just so sad. But I guess like for myself and knowing that my page and accounts act as like information, it's, you know, I kind of want the narrative to know that like, you can ask these questions to me, but they're terrible questions and you shouldn't be asking anybody that. (laughs) And I guess that's kind of why I do it in like a comical way or just like these are stupid questions, Mm. but you know, um, (laughs) why would you ask someone that question kind of thing? And it educates people. It realizes it puts that, you know, humanity aspect to it because they're seeing the reaction 
because most of the time they'll ask the question and they'll be silenced. No one will ever get it. Or they'll ask someone at school who's trans and be like, what's in between your legs? And then, you know, they expect an answer. So when they see it treated in the way that creates it more, you know, realistic and they see a different response and they're kind of like, you know what, that question is very invasive and, you know, that's, I don't need to know that. Um, and yeah, and I guess as the time get better and we do put it into mainstream media that, you know, trans people don't have to be an advocate. They don't have to speak on everything that's got to do with their transition. It's theirs. It's theirs and it's own. Just because I share it doesn't mean the next trans person has to be vocal about it. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's what people need to know because, you know, I feel like because trans people are being more like the, there's the public trans people on social media, they're kind of trying to like pick them out in real life when it's like trans people have always existed. They just weren't telling their story. So it's like, you know, it's just, it's about just knowing that like, if you want the information, find it online, come to my page, you know, it's there. Don't need to be telling, you know, other people how they should go about their life or trying to ask them about, you know, what surgeries they've had because that's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about that, you know, not every trans person has to be an advocate and that is so true. But do you ever feel like you speaking out is a burden or do you ever wish you could just live your life without everybody, I guess, just waiting eagerly at your at your feet? Uh, I guess like there is a sense of like pressure. There is a moment where it kind of comes like, yeah, like this is my like life now and people demand answers and you know, and I guess it's kind of like taking a step back, especially when it comes to DMs as well, when there's all sorts of people having all sorts of different situations going on in their life. And I don't think they realize that like, you know, not just me, but these creators don't have the answers for mm. you. And, you know, as much as you're trying to understand yourself a bit better, it's like, what separates you from the person in France or the person in Germany or anywhere in the world that has you know, a similar situation, but different, but you're expecting answers from someone who all they're doing is creating content, you know, all they're doing is trying to convey their story. So it's like, you know, the answers can be found if you're searching for them and you truly want to know, but at the end of the day, like yourself and who you are as a person and your soul and your being of who you are, if you're questioning something, then that's definitely the first step already. And the answer is literally right there. And, you know, coming from myself where it's like, there was literally nothing. I couldn't find anything. There was, you know, there wasn't much positive stuff online. It was just, I had to go off the hunch. I had to go off my instinct to, you know, maybe one day I would be able to transition and all those kind of moments. So I guess people, you know, I think people should learn that we're all really complex to begin with and you don't have to have all the answers and you shouldn't expect other people to have answers too because we're all we're all struggling we're all trying to figure out things day by day we're all taking it as we go um so there's no perfect person who has all the answers figured out I kind of realized that in myself as well that I can't fix every situation I can't help everybody I can do the best that I do with the way that I create my content so I just kind of make my bed with that. Yeah, that must be so hard, like having people in your DMs, like 
wanting free therapy. <laughs> yeah. I can see why you have to put the boundaries on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, also such a compliment that you can be a role model for these people. And like, I know growing up we had like MySpace and Tumblr yeah. and like just wasn't the same type of content, like that quick pace. And there's always yeah. like that kind of closer connection. Um, so I guess that's a positive as well. Um, we want to go into a bit of a lighter topic. Mm-hmm. I think we can hear him in the background. <laughs> Using the microwave. Making food. Um, your relationship with Ryan is the <laughs> sweetest thing ever. Like you guys are such a cute couple. <laughs> we wanted to know what's your favorite thing about him and, um, what does he, like, does he enjoy being a part of your content and all that stuff? Well, first thing, before I get into the question, should I tell him to, like, it adds to it. Yeah, it adds to the vibe. Yeah, I guess it's, I, know, I guess it's one of those moments where I always had a very weird relationship with, like, love and understanding relationships in general until, you know, I met Ryan and here we are today and just having, like, my first long term relationship um because I was you know I was kind of navigating the world as like a hopeless romantic and really holding on to that and really holding on to the like the fairy tales and all the things that I've created in my head and I kind of got to a point where I was just like maybe that's not what life is about like maybe you you do have to settle like maybe I do have to settle like my mom settled and you kind of think you're happy but you're not really and I was just like sitting on that and I was like you know no I'm just gonna be alone like I'm just gonna like you know do my thing and then you know Ryan came along and we kind of started like having very awkward interactions to introverted people to water signs coming together just having um really miscommunication kind of moments and being on different like wavelengths um but then when you really get to the core we were just like so similar and it just like worked and it's like the first time where I've kind of realized that like a relationship when it's good can just be a team and can just be easy it doesn't have to be work it doesn't like when people say that like you have to put in so much work and it has to like literally make you (laughs) you know work 24 7 just to keep the relationship alive it's like you know, it's like there's beautiful moments and just the silence and just the being together and like especially throughout the whole, you know, COVID, it's tested the relationship, but like we have spent every single day together and haven't gotten sick of each other. It's just wow. it's it's just a rare thing to be able to do that with someone because it's like I don't think I've ever come across anybody where I'm able to do that. Whereas it's like I would I would start like ripping out my hair and just being like, you know, like leave me alone because like as much as like I love my siblings it definitely gets like that sometimes it's like I can only see them sometimes but like you know it's just it's 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 just different and I guess as a person it's just like it's when you have qualities that kind of balance each other out and you're just there to fill in the gaps it just makes for a perfect combo and also when it comes to like the aesthetic as well with like how I've created my content it's also protected our relationship because it gives only so so much but so little at the same time and you know we kind of have fun with that and it just 
it's like a you know it's like a it's just a kind of like our um other layer being shown mm. online and we don't show anything else and it's kind of protected in that sense and ryan loves creating content as well and he has his own tiktok so um yeah we just kind of have fun with that and we just don't think too much of it we don't make it a whole production and we don't um be like we're filming at this time we're doing this and we're doing that (laughs) instagram husband (laughs) yeah um it's just literally i'm more so i go with the flow and i go with like how i'm feeling on certain days and how i feel when it turns in terms of like what the weather is like as well that really shapes my content um while ryan's more like planned and he rather you know he has like a certain day where he does all his contents in one day um and he'll just ask me like if i want to be in one of his and i'll be like yeah like sure um so yeah it's just kind of understanding each other and meeting in the middle and um communication is everything that's so nice you mentioned you're a water sign are you a pisces yeah i'm a pisces yeah yes. so is <laughs> Uh, what are you i'm a gemini i'm air okay. Sign, okay. <laughs> which helps for the communications yeah <laughs> so you've worked with department store david jones l'oreal paris and bonds australia just to name a couple in the last year or so what is next for you after such a big few years can you share <laughs> anything coming up or are you just focusing on the book right now yeah, um, I mean, definitely the book is like the next chapter of my life, just kind of doing everything around that and fingers crossed being able to still do a book tour. It was supposed to be in like November to December, but obviously with what's happened in Melbourne and just COVID in general, it's just been canned. So I'm really hoping for at the beginning of next year, we can still go through with that because that's just a major part of you know, the interaction and being able to tell people in person and answer questions in person would just be a, a big part of the book. But when it comes to, you know, like how my career in terms of modeling has shifted so much, it's like it's become more than what I ever expected. And it's just, it's been a journey. And I never thought that when I was 18 and just doing like um, TFP time for print um, shoots with uni students and college photographers I just thought it was just fun and I didn't really think too much of it and it was just something in the moment and now being here and being able to you know provide visibility and model for such huge brands and be recognized is just it's just like next level but I guess like at the core of you know my passion and my true kind of what I've always wanted to do like deep down is that like I've always you know admired modeling and I always never thought that I could do it so the fact that I could do it is just like amazing and it feels like such a big accomplishment and my younger self would literally be screaming at the fact of it um but Mm. I've always just been passionate of acting and just really been someone that's just obsessed with characters and um and like I said like with my social media like I'm portraying myself online and it's kind of like an amplified version of myself but it's just being able to be someone else um is just something that I'm so obsessed with and I feel like that's where I want to try and carry myself into the future and actually starting to take it a bit more seriously because I put so much energy into modeling and now I'm just kind of you know I'm doing acting classes and just really getting back into it um, because it was a huge passion of mine in high school. So it's just kind of reconnecting with that and reworking those skills and 
giving it a go. I love that. But to round off our interview, we would love to ask what's something that your followers would be surprised to know about you? I guess, to be honest, like, I'm such an open book and I've shared so much about myself. So there's nothing really like anything that I would be hiding or just like they wouldn't really know. But I guess, I don't know, to be honest, like. It's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, it is a hard one. Like you really like search like the depths of who you are. You're like, who, what is that? Um, I don't know what I'd say for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a testament to how much that, like, how open and mm. vulnerable you are with your audience that, you know, they do know you so well, which is pretty that's, good. That's true. I mean, I guess, like, when it comes to, was something that people probably don't know is that, like, when it comes to, like, growing up and having, like, one of those pop culture movies that really stuck with um, people as they grow into their, you know, teens, their adult years. And, a lot of people that's like Harry Potter, like it's like Harry Potter is like their thing for them. Um, but for me, I guess like something that's on the same level as someone's Harry Potter is like Narnia. And I don't think Narnia ever got like its chance to really shine. Um, and it never really got the the height of mm. the Harry Potter status. But I guess there's always been something that's like, I love the aesthetic and just like, I guess it's something that's kind of emulated through my aesthetic now, but just like, as a kid I just felt that whole world was just something to try and strive for even though I didn't know where it was but just like to try and bring that out and um yeah I guess it's one of those things that like it's just never talked about (laughs) how good like (laughs) those movies were (laughs) I love that I think of Narnia every time I see Turkish Delight like yeah, the, same, the proper same. stuff, the, yeah. not the stuff covered in chocolate. I'm yeah. Like, Being snow, eating Turkish delight. Love it. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you sharing so much with us. And it was so nice to chat again and to see your face after a couple <laughs> of years since our last interaction. Very funny. But yeah, thank you. And um, if people don't know where to find you, where can they find you? just aj clementine everywhere so really easy (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate it thank you for having me so much fun and thanks again to rosewell for sponsoring this episode bye bye